Now, world-renowned author Thomas Keneally was in Castle Island on Friday night for a public question and answer session. The Australian's Booker Prize winning Schindler's Ark was adapted for the screen as the multi-Oscar winning Schindler's List. He's in Ireland for research on a novel based on a 19th century murder with Kerry and Cork connections. Mr Keneally, whose ancestors come from Newmarket in North Cork, is researching the circumstances which led to the execution of a cordial man in 1895. John Twist was hanged for the murder of Glenlaren in, in Glenlaren, Newmarket in 1894 of James Donovan, who acted as an agent for landlords. His public questions answer session took place at the River Island Hotel Castle Island, was compared by Radio Kerry broadcaster Frank Lewis. It was a fundraiser for the Castle Island District Heritage group which campaigned for John Twist's pardon. Afterwards, Thomas Kennedy signed books for members of the audience. One man brought him a bottle of Dingle Gin and a book to sign for his six-month-old granddaughter. Radio Kerry's Tracy Murphy was there and asked Thomas Kennedy what did requests like that mean to him? Oh, well, it's, it's wonderful. At You know, increasingly in Western society, the old are getting more and more marginalised and are considered getting to be considered non-contributors and so in a sense being a contributor to someone's granddaughter's future at my age is a wonderful honor to be asked you know if it's the last thing i do before i call in fall into the great cosmic mincer i'll be very pleased <laughs> but i i do hope to last a few more years a few more books and uh, delighted to have made it to Ireland again after COVID. Uh, my wife and I were were quite all, you know, we're 87. So coming to um, to to Ireland is a bit of an ask, but it's been well worth it. The great thing about being a writer, you're neither a young writer nor an old writer until you die. And therefore, the uh, uh, the task of writing a book when you're uh, old is just as exciting as it was when you were 28. And thus, uh, you, you get to be ageless for a while longer, and that's great. Tell us about the significance of the website of the Castle Island District Heritage Society and why it's, it's, it's been so crucial to you being here tonight. Castle Island and... Glenlara near the townland my grandpa- grandparents came from are knitted together whether they want to be or not by the death of a uh, bailiff called Donovan in Glenlara killed by moonlighters whose names we don't know but for that crime a man called um, uh, Keith or O'Keefe Cornelius O'Keefe and a man called John Twist were arrested. O'Keefe, who was closest to Glenlara, actually came from there, was acquitted. But John Twist from Castle Island, in a notorious case, 40,000 Irish folk signed a petition that he sentenced be commuted. And if ever uh, a people needed an indication that their destiny wasn't in their own hands is to send 40,000 signatures to Dublin Castle and get them rebuffed. And John Twist hangs 
He was hanged a year later in, in 1895 and Castle Island District Heritage Society was instrumental in his presidential pardon. Castle Island and I was very interested that the, preserva- the, the Preservation Society and the uh, O'Donoghue Memorial people led by the eminent uh, John Roach, whom I've got to know, uh, were instrumental in getting the pardon for twists. So were his uh, relatives, the the Sayers and others. You can't argue against the fact that even to a layman there are anomalies in his sentence. For example, Donovan, the bailiff... Who was murdered? His little son, Seven, was used by the police quite unscrupulously as a uh, witness and uh, when they couldn't get an identification out of the boy, they stood twist in a line of other men with a policeman either side of him and a policeman either side of none of the others. And suddenly they had a, a sighting. These and other factors led to his uh, uh, execution and to his sister being a waif upon the streets of Cork, tended to by the nuns. She is the only one, the only twist of her family, I think, that had offspring, wasn't she? John Roach. <coughs> she married Cronin, and uh, her son, Dennis Cronin, then was the, was the one child that she had. Dennis Cronin is, I believe, the man who put a very affecting monument to twists on the main road near where Twist, uh, the Twist homestead was, or the Twist home, cottage. Your connection to it in Glenlaura, Newmarket, and I should confess an interest here because my own father, Michael Murphy, is from Glenlaura in Newmarket. The, the man who was murdered, Donovan, James Donovan, the agent for the landlords, who was occupying this house of an evicted tenant in, in Glenlaura where he was murdered. Tell us about the connection to that house that your family had. Uh, I I went to this literary festival and I was intrigued that a man asked me, was my grandfather involved? Now, he wasn't involved because I know he immigrated by then. What was your grandfather's name? Was he the past tenant of of the house which Donovan was occupying? Was he evicted, your grandfather, from that house? No, he was a nephew of the evictee. The evictee, James Keneally, was my grandfather's uncle. So it would have been close to the bone. In any case, uh, I wanted to look at it in the context of the land wars. My wife, her ancestors were transported to, and that was over land in one, at least one case. And I wanted to make it clear to the reader, uh, there's been such confusion over the the Irish and the reasons for their rebellion that people don't know Uh, that there was a land war that the land war was the only chance that the tenants had against landlords many of whom were absentees I believe my great uncle James Keneally's uh, landlord was an absentee most of the time the Earl of Cork this is a terrible situation where a man earns £16,000 a year on the backs of very hard labouring peasantry. 
you're over here doing research for your next book, which which ties into the murder in Glenlora and Newmarket in 1894 and the subsequent hanging of John Twist the following year. You said at the start, and I thought it was very interesting, talked about older people being marginalised. What would you say to people who say, oh, I can't believe that at the age of 87 he's about to embark on writing another book? Well, all got it in us. I just think people now of 70, of 65, 70, 75 have a lot of intellect to give, men and women. Uh, I feel there's a huge wastage in our society of the intellect of people and the skills of people over 70, over 65. Uh, It's sad that it's the corporate fashion to get rid of people, you know, uh, sometimes early, early as their early 50s, you're not ready to retire then. I do think that there's a great resource out there in the talents of the aged. We'll hear more now from the second part of our Thomas Keneally interview with Radio Kerry's Trasa Murphy. Can I ask you about your latest book, Fanatic Heart, about John Mitchell? He is a very um, paradoxical character, a great nationalist, a great champion of working people, and yet, on the other hand, he supported slavery. A number of years ago, there were calls for GA clubs that were named after John Mitchell, that their names should be changed, that anyone who supported slavery, who supported the Confederate cause, that person's name should be blotted out and and eliminated from GA clubs. What's your view on all that? Uh, Look, I'm very ambiguous about it. I have great sympathy for the call. In John Mitchell's day, there were many scientists who supported slavery. There were scientists who said that African Americans had a different origin, genealogical origin, in terms of their genetics, a different origin. And nearly everyone agreed with that. I understand where the outrage comes from. But as I explained tonight, uh, Mitchell's um, pro-Confederacy stance was based on the idea that the Irish in the North were treated like disposable items by American capitalism. That, That there were women who worked, Irish girls working in sweatshops who couldn't afford to feed their family. The slave owner fed the slave because he'd invested $1,500 in him or her. And thus, uh, you could make a case more credibly then that this was more merciful. But whether it's more merciful or not, slavery is obscene. So I can understand those who want to drum him out and those who want to say, wait a minute, he was a flawed man. But if you're going to call a club after somebody, you won't find any man that's not flawed. In this century, he would have been a defender of the African-American. The abolitionists were right. But in asking for justice for the labourer, Mitchell was also right. Over 40 years after you published Schindler's Ark, and I know you're very much involved with, you're an ambassador in Australia for the Asylum Seeker Centre, and you write so eloquently of the Irish experience of deportation. What do you make of, of the fact that far right views very akin, if not identical to Nazism, have come back into vogue, have found a new place, a new town square, if you will, on the internet? It is uh, true that. Uh 
on the internet you can create damage disproportionate to your size. I'm pleased that the extreme right are not at all numerous in Australia, although you might remember at a massacre in a mosque in New Zealand, the perpetrator was an Australian, a neo-Nazi. Do you think the lessons of Schindler's Ark are being forgotten? And you also see, for example, the rise of anti-Semitism as well. Yeah, uh, the, the question of, um, of race is always that it's them, that they're the problem. I think it would be useful if we taught every kid, look, there'll be a politician one day nearly as sure as eggs there'll be a politician one day who will say your problem is not our government our policies are pristine and they're interested in you but the problem is that group over there they're stopping all these good policies taking effect so you know you want to hate those people and if you get a chance you want to kill them now that message is given again and again and again in modern society and therefore uh, I, I would uh, uh, argue that all the kids should be told this will happen to you one day you'll be distracted by a politician who says go out and get them if you go out and get them you're a fool because he's your problem they're not your problem there was a lovely presentation made to you, Thomas, by the Castle Island District and Historical Society. And we have one of the members here, John Roach, across from us. What, what would you like to say to John? What would you like to say about the work that the society has done? Well, it's, it's very, very good. It, it's the reproduction of many of the original records, as well as the, the, the various items on its website have recourse to official documents and have recourse to newspaper documents. And that's what you're looking for, so that even before I came here, if you lived in Udnadatta or Cape Grim in Tasmania, you could write a passable version of the story based on this uh, material and the places it sends you. At this stage, I'll bring in J John Roach. John, what does tonight mean to you? Uh, it means an awful lot, Tressa. It's like coming of age, I think, uh, for us. Uh, we started in a green field without uh, any idea of what direction, what way we were going to till it or plough it with a, a bit of luck I suppose in getting a, a wonderful person in Janet Murphy to complete the digitisation of Michael Donohue's stuff I had principal that put all the, the information from the papers and the, from the, the anywhere he could find it on the Castle Island district uh, in, into folders and left it there for us to do a job on it our biggest problem is that we just can't source public funding to keep the thing going and uh, that's at the moment it's taking a lot of our time taking a lot of our energy and uh, it's uh, it's very disappointing because if we were building a stone wall or renewing a stone wall we get money for it but because we're renewing our local history we can't get a shilling for it but Tom coming uh, as I say we've come of age I think because anybody can dispute but at our website is uh, is what surfacing and when, when Tom first contacted you, what was your reaction? Did you get the shock of your lives in a good way? Well, uh, it was nicely explained to me. His friend, Danny Collity, uh, rang me, so I, I knew it wasn't a send-up or anything. And uh, it, was, uh, it was something that 
Uh, I never thought I'd experience it. We become friends, I think. We become we we have similar interests and uh, wish Tom and Jody all the best for the future. And uh, he's a year older than me, but uh, I'm coming along behind him, and we'll keep going for another while. When you came to Glenlora, did you feel that sense of belonging or or, or connection? I did because everyone knew who we were and started saying hello and cl- and, and claiming cousinhood. Everyone's been so genial to us. Even up here in Kerry, even with a man who has caused Kerry pain, like Daniel, uh, Danny Cullity. Uh, Great court footballer. We've been welcomed. Yes, I tell you what, this whole process has been rendered much easier by my cousins, and particularly by the notoriety or fame of Daniel. And he's a lovely man. Like a lot of big, tough footballers, he's a very gentle soul. I know enough about football from rugby league to know that it's the little blokes you've got to look out for. <laughs>